This episode may contain explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, November 9th, the baby on the move edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another podcast. It's called The Best Advice Show, and I am dad to Noah, who's six, and Ami, who's three. We live in Detroit. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 11, Oliver, who's nine, and Teddy, who's seven. We live in Tokyo, Japan. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer and contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column. I'm mom to Naima, who's 10, and we live in Los Angeles. Today on the show, we've got a very relatable question. Our listener's kid is 10 months old and is on the move. Exciting, right? Well, he's a little hard to contain, and our listener is feeling guilty about the methods they've resorted to. We'll also debrief on how we're doing this week, and then if you're sticking around for Slate Plus, the holiday season is basically here. Wow. So before all that craziness ensues, we're going to talk through some of our biggest holiday parenting challenges and what you can do to address them. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. Thinking about the advice we've given on that over the years, if we had to kind of sum it up, it would be like set boundaries before you go. What else do you think? (laughs) Try to have those conversations in advance of the holiday if you possibly can. So grateful for your input and that you want to be supportive of us. You know, I hope that when we're all together for the holiday, you're able to give us the space to parent our children. Slate Plus is the best way to listen to the show. You won't have to listen to ads and you get a bonus segment every week. It's the ultimate way to enhance your listening experience while also providing vital support to our show. You can join Slate Plus today by visiting slate.com slash momanddadplus. And if you can't get enough of Slate, guess what? The Slate shop is now open. Go to shop.slate.com to browse our selection of thoughtfully curated, high-quality products that support small businesses, Slate's independent journalism, and your shopping habit. From hand-poured candles and expertly crafted pasta makers to official Slate merch and beaded pickle pouches, the Slate shop is your destination for unique products and fabulous gifts. That's shop.slate.com, and new customers will receive 10% off their first order. Happy shopping. All right, with all the business out of the way, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with Triumphs and Fails. We are back. Elizabeth, what's up with you this week? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So a couple nights ago, you know, in Tokyo, time is wacky. I was recording a podcast, like uh, a different podcast, late at night. So it was probably like 1130. And on my Mac, I noticed like the screen open all of our internet is linked so I can see if other people are on the internet. I knew Jeff was asleep and I click on it during the podcast and like these Minecraft videos come up. So I'm like, okay, one of the children is awake. So when the podcast was over, I go into their room and uh, I'm kind of like peeking and I find Henry has has his iPad and he's like under the blankets, clearly watching videos. When I come in and I pull the blankets back, he doesn't say anything. He's just like, uh, and I was like, hey, bud, it's like after midnight. I'm going to take these. And then I like tucked him and I walked out. But guys, I was was so mad, so mad. So we have like a rule in the house that after eight, the iPads get plugged in. He had asked because he's trying to read or listen to all these books on the list. Could he listen to his audiobook um, just before he fell asleep? And so we were like, sure. So we let him have his iPad in there to listen to the audiobook. He had headphones on. Clearly he, uh, you know, abused that privilege. So I, I came back into the office and I sat down. I was like, I'm going to send him an email. I think the best thing to do is like draft an email. I'm going to send it to him because uh, he checks his email for school. 
So I wrote this email um, that basically said, you know, like, good morning, Henry. I, I hope you're in a better mood this morning. Last night, we noticed that you were using your iPad to watch YouTube videos late at night. And I wanted to discuss this with you because we care about your well-being and safety. Then I like reiterated our household policy. But then I'm thinking like, well, what consequence? So he's going to be tired and I'm obviously going to wake him up like 10 to 20 minutes earlier just to really, you know, rub in the point. Uh, so I go to Chad GPT and I'm like, can you give me five questions hmm. that would uh, help a kid learn about like internet safety and at night? And I picked three of them and I put them in the email. And wow. I said, basically, I want to make sure that you understand that we all enjoy using our iPads and watching videos. However, it's essential that we use our devices responsibly and safely. Late night or private iPad use can have negative effects on your sleep schedule, concentration, and overall well-being. To better understand this, I'd like you to do a little research and answer three short questions. And so then I listed these three questions, um, which is basically, why is it important to have a healthy sleep routine and how does using screens late at night affect that? What are some potential risks of using iPads or watching videos in private or without proper supervision? And how can we ensure a balance between enjoying our devices and maintaining our daily routines and responsibilities? Then to be cheeky, I listed um, four YouTube videos because he likes to watch YouTube that might be helpful in answering these. And then I basically said, you cannot have your iPad back. You can use the family computer to do the research, uh, but you, you can't resume use of your iPad until these questions are answered. So he woke up the next morning. I think he thought he was off the hook, checked his email. Then didn't speak to me, spoke to Jeff, like, because Jeff was not, I mean, Jeff, obviously, I cc Jeff. I had told him by the time he got up in the morning, like, this is what happened. Um, doesn't speak to me, <laughs> comes home from school, is is cold, but I just decided it's done. This is the, I've given the assignment, it's done. So I'm like, you know, normal. I'm like, he can approach me. So we go a full day like this. And the next day he brings me three typed answers. <gasps> that were okay. incredibly well thought out. Um, they're what? bullet pointed. They're not like a paragraph. And he's like, is his little like F you, you know, he's like, I'm not writing a paragraph, but I did bullet point these out. Fair, fair. And I was like, that sounds great. I just asked you to do some research. Thanks for taking it, the assignment seriously. Do you have any questions? And he's like, no. I'm like, okay, if you have questions in the future, please let me know. You know, I really enjoy watching videos too. So if that's something that you need, we're happy to give you time during a reasonable period. He's like, great. He's like, can I use my iPad? I'm like, sure. It needs to be turned in by eight. He's like, great. <laughs> and done. So I don't know that the issue is done. I feel really good about how this went. He wrote some very like funny things, uh, you know, about catfishing and <laughs> things like that, because clearly he did some research of his own. How um, confident were you that he was going to do the assignment? No, not at all. Not at okay. all. In, fact, in the morning, really? I said to Jeff, I do not have a plan if he doesn't do this. And Jeff's like, Jeff felt very confident in my scary calmness, like that I was not flying off the handle. He felt that scary, calm Elizabeth would get the stuff done, that I was not bringing it up. I have a tendency to like nag on everybody. And so it felt like sending the email and just giving the assignment and then me not having to ever say anything about it again was a, unless he brought it up, right, was a really good way to handle it. And he thought that would scare Henry into doing it, which it did. Won the game of parenting chicken. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And I won this Well round. done. Triumph indeed. <laughs> no, but seriously, I wanted him to like, to reflect yeah. about what, what he had done. And I felt inspired, Jamila, we had talked about like the essays that were assigned to us as children or writing mm -hmm. apology letters. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful to ChatGPT for giving me some questions because I think at like one in the morning, I was not, 
I was like, well, what kind of questions? You know, I was trying to be like harsh as opposed to just being like, what are the three things that I want him to learn? And what are the questions that will get him to learn that? Very nice. So email your children. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with you, Jamila? Well, today I toured a middle school. Oh my gosh. Because wow. Naima will be in middle school next year. Can I ask really quick, Is does her school have a middle school and you're touring that or she has to move schools? She has to move schools. Okay. Okay. So I toured our top choice school. A lot of kids from her school go there. It's a really nice campus. The kids just seem great. They've got a media studies program. It just, you know, it feels like a school where Naima would be at home. Um, So I'm just really excited. I'm nervous about this process. And I realize that I'll need to see other schools. And at some point, Naima will need to go on a tour of her own. There were, it was advertised as a parent's tour, but a few people did bring their children with them. So I kind of wish Naima had been able to uh, see the school for herself. But I really liked it. How does applying for middle school work? Like, is it, I know nothing. It's a crazy process. There's this application in LA called the Choices app. And there are these different categories of schools, magnet schools, schools that have busing, schools that have um, specialized language programs, et cetera. And you get to choose your top three. The woman who gave the tour said that pretty much everyone who lists the school as their top pick tends to get in. Um, so I was optimistic about that and we've gotten the application in already. So, um, yeah, I don't really want to even see any other schools. I want her to just go to this one. I loved it. She as excited as you are? Uh, I don't think she's excited about it yet. Like it's where she wants to go just because like she knows a lot of her friends will be going there and that kids from her school often go there. The commute comparable to what you're doing now? Yep. Okay. Three hours each way. No, about 20, 25 minutes. There's something about being in a middle school that's just like, oh, they're like not elementary kids anymore. No. Like, like it's, it's big kid stuff. It's big kid stuff. Even if they're little, it's like the, the eighth graders are like women and men. Yeah, yeah. Like just the juxtaposition between the sixth graders and the seventh and eighth graders was crazy. But luckily at this school, the sixth graders have most of their classes in one wing of the building. You know, like, except for, like, PE and, you know, maybe art. So they're generally going to be contained to the sixth graders for the first year. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Zach, what are you up to this week? School transitions. Ami just started at a new daycare. Um, He's he's now a week and a half in. He had been going to the same one that Noah went to before she started kindergarten. And it's, um, it's like 15 minutes from our house. And it's been perfectly fine. I mean, thank God they stayed open during COVID. Like we have no profound complaints about it, but it was all—it always felt just kind of like corporate-y. and it was also just getting so expensive. Like it went up like fifty to sixty percent. Um, oh the price went up like fifty to sixty percent during COVID. It's insane. I mean, we we've talked about this on the show before, but it's not—it's not sustainable. Um, but we had we heard that there was a, a young woman who had been teaching music classes in our neighborhood. We heard that she was starting a daycare in our neighborhood. Shira started connecting with her maybe like six months ago when it was just, maybe even more, when it was just a seed of an idea. Um, And Shira told her like, we're very interested, keep us posted. And, you know, we were kind of following her as she was getting all her, you know, forms. And I mean, imagine just opening, opening any institution is, 
is a big headache. So she said she'd be opening in the fall of, of this year. And I was like, no way she'll be ready for that. But sure enough, um, last week was day one of this really sweet little daycare that is literally a seven minute walk from our house and also like a seven minute walk from Noah's school. So it's all walkable now, which is such a game changer. It's like just one classroom. There's like five kids. There's two really great teachers. It's in the, this church basement. It's like totally like DIY. There's some trains and there's some dinosaurs and there's some coloring books and like they don't have much structure in their day. There's like a big hallway where they've set up like a tricycle track and there's like five tricycles. So each kid has a tricycle that they can just like ride around during the day. There's a little backyard. It's so sweet and it's so cozy. Um, and I was worried about the transition, but he loves it. It's It's been great. It's been great. It's a, it's a real triumph. Are the other kids from the neighborhood too? Some of them are. Yep. Yep. And then like the lead teacher's husband works at Noah's school. It's all, It feels very Mr. Oh. Rogers neighborhood in a, in a lovely way. Um, so nice yeah yeah it's great yay i thought i just heard a kid crying oh i'll be right back um shira's not here okay. sorry i'll be right back no problem um you guys i this is unfortunate noah she fell asleep like two hours before she usually does and she just woke up wailing she's burning up she's got she must have a oh, fever no. okay um and shira's not oh. home so um we got it okay yeah so uh i gotta go sorry but i know you understand and i know our listeners do too so i'm gonna go give noah some tylenol good luck go parents um blow her nose because it's all boogery oh poor zach okay well on on that note we're gonna take another quick break and then jamil and i will be back with a question We're back. Let's hear our listener question. Dear mom and dad, I have a 10-month-old son who is beautiful, funny, and on the move. He's crawling, cruising, walking with a walker, and showing signs of standing up on his own. Our house isn't as baby-proofed as I'd like it to be, though we're working on it. If I put him in a playpen, he screams bloody murder. He's in a very clingy phase. You see, mom and dad, I'm tired, and I'm tired of chasing the baby around the house, and I'm tired of not being able to take care of anything while he's awake. So I've started putting on Miss Rachel for about half an hour a day while my husband is at work. It's the only thing that gets him to sit still and not cry when I'm not holding him or actively playing with him. However, I feel such immense guilt. The other day, I was reading an article about how screen time before 18 months really adversely affects the dopamine centers of the brain, and I resolved to stop. Well, my son is watching Miss Rachel as I write this because I'm just so tired. When I'm done writing this, I need to get up and clean the floor from where he dropped food all over it. Help me. I love my son so much, and I feel like such a failure. Thanks. Too tired. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, stop reading all the studies. No. (laughs) Stop reading the studies. They can't help you. Jamil, I'm going to let you go go first and uh, (laughs) weigh in here. Well, I think one. First of all, who's is Miss Rachel the British lady? She's American, but she does like like learn to speak and. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. Uh, Completely educational programming. What I want to say yes. is that out of all the things she could have chosen, she's essentially chosen a nice woman talking and playing games with a child on the other end of the TV. <laughs> Got it. 
I think you need to stop feeling like a failure. You need to stop feeling so guilty. It's only 30 minutes a day. It's not like you're parking your child in front of Miss Rachel for eight hours while you work, you know? Um, You need 30 minutes a day to clean up the mess that he's made on the floor or, you know, prepare a meal. You're doing what you have to do. You know, like there are not many things that'll occupy a 10 month old for 30 minutes at a time. And you found something that's lovely and educational um, and designed for small children. I think you should give yourself some grace and continue using Miss Rachel for 30 minutes a day. And like, you know, limit it. 30 minutes is 30 minutes. You know, like this doesn't become your crutch that you pull out every time you need a break. But, you know, you've got something that'll give you at least a little bit of, you know, time each day, not necessarily to yourself, but to get things done. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, the studies are great. Look, we know that screen time for kids is bad. Screen time for adults is bad. But like the studies do not, the studies are in a vacuum and our life is not in a vacuum. Like the study is not looking at the mental health toll of a, a stressed out parent Right. So like, yes, great. You're holding this kid and you're stressed out and they're never watching screens. But you as a parent are not your best self. Like, what is the consequences of that? I just don't think we've seen anything um, that says like it is better for you to be stressed out. And this is really a comment on like what parenting in America looks like right now, right? Like you have the burden of cleaning up and doing all these things and the expectation that your child will never look at a screen, be held the entire time. Um, So I, I think the burden that you're placing on yourself is too high. And if that means not reading the studies, don't read the studies. Like just don't stress yourself out about this particular thing at this moment, right? You are not creating a screen addicted child by letting your kid watch them, Miss Rachel. I think there are studies out there that talk about like quality screen time. I mean, I know the studies that you're probably talking about are about light in their eyes and all all these other things, but there is a difference in what they're watching. You're choosing something high quality. I did want to think about, so if you feel like you can't leave them or you're still feeling guilty about it, maybe we can talk about like how you can create a space in your house because I know the baby proofing you say isn't like where you want it to be, but can you get two baby gates and baby proof one room or one space where they can play and you can do some of those things in the same space if that'll make you feel better? Like the whole house doesn't have to be ready. Uh, can you, you know, shut a door, get a gate and and now this room is good. I think, Jamila, I don't know about you, but for me, baby proofing was like with the first kid, I was totally crazy about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then subsequently I was like, oh, I only really need to worry about the things that are going that could like seriously harm them. So like, for example, furniture being uh, like secured to walls. If that is not done, you need to do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, big furniture that they could pull on and could fall on them. You need to do that. A gate for the stairs. You need to do that. Outlet covers. Everything else, you can just like gather up the stuff the kid's going to pull down and put it in a basket. It's it's okay. Uh, every corner doesn't need to be covered. Every, like all of those things that could hurt the child, um, but isn't going to be, you know, those are wish list items, but you need to create a space where you can set this this child down to get some stuff done without you feeling guilty about it. Yeah, I definitely agree that you don't have to have a perfectly baby-proofed house. You need to have a baby-proofed space. 
you know, that's where your child is. That's where you keep them when you're getting things done. And like, can you lower any expectations of what jobs need to be done in the house is the other thing. Like there are jobs that we have to do, right? But there are also things that can become in this part of your life, uh, like wish list items, <laughs> you know, like if laundry is clean, but not folded and put away, that's okay. Uh, if the, you know, kitchen is like mostly clean, but there are some dishes in the sink, like that's, that is okay. I also think if you can take any time where the kid is playing and you're not playing with them, but you're in the room, um, that might be helpful. Like, can you take some debt? Cause I, I get kind of the sense that they're also tired cause she's not getting any downtime they're not getting any downtime so can you like Mm -hmm. read a book in the same space or uh do something that you really enjoy kind of relaxing laying down while the child is playing it's it's a tough age Mm -hmm. I did a lot of baby wearing in this stage which doesn't really help with the being touched out but you can kind of strap them on and go (laughs) like put them on my back and wear them around in the in the um little ergo like all over the house yeah, I did the same thing while I was cooking, cleaning. She was right there. Yeah. Uh, but I just think people are so worried about, like, getting into cabinets and sure if they, like, have things that the kids can, uh, you know, chemicals, things like that, you need to change it. But if they unload the pots and pans, like, it's it's okay. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Were you crazy about baby proofing? I wasn't. You know, we didn't have, we had a pretty small place when Naima was a baby. So there wasn't a lot that I had to worry about. I did have a gate, you know, that kept her in the living room slash nursery area uh, as needed. But, you know, I didn't, I mean, I kept my eyes on her. You know, she didn't really have access to much. And she didn't, you know, I mean, there was always the time she got into the hair gel or the baby powder. You know, it's not that those things didn't happen. But she never got in any real danger. Yeah, I just, I think we get so crazy about making the space perfectly protected as opposed to thinking like, what are the things that could really harm them versus like, this is annoying and they're not, you know, harmed. Um, And so stressed out to the point where your life is, is affected. Being a parent is hard. There are not the resources that we need. And you got to cut yourself a little bit of slack where you can. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, too tired, please stay in touch. Throw on a Miss Rachel and send a note because we really want to know how things are going. Everyone else, if you have advice, I know there are parents out there that have some kind of hack for this because I I feel like this is kind of a universal experience at this age. Uh, Please email us, slate.com. Call and leave a message for this this letter writer, 646-357-9318. That's also where you can send questions of your own. And that's our show. Subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Sasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is the VP of Slate Audio. For Zach Rosen and Jamila Lemieux, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. 